0: This is Hal Hester, lead pastor of Vine Life, and this is our podcast, The Empowered Word. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on what God is doing in your life. Please enjoy the message. I'm on green. I'm good to go. I can hear myself. Can you hear me? Excellent. Excellent. First things first, you got your notes? Everybody got notes? Hold them up. He made you hold one finger up. I'm making you hold your notes up. <laughs> yes, we're bossy. We make you do things. Uh, the second thing, then, make sure that everybody's got that and you've got a writing utensil to accomplish the writing in the, those blanks. Listen, um, I, I must admit, some of you may have some notes that are, that are a bit... Uh, Jacked up. Um, I did the cutting. And so, if you're like, how in the world did it cut through like this and it get all that? That was me this morning, early in the back office area, um, losing my salvation with the stupid cutting machine. I had to pray and confess and get reacquainted with the Lord because it kept like. And I figured out, but some of you may have some really whacked out ones that are cut through and I threw those in there anyways just to show that I am human and I make mistakes and uh, so that you know that I am just like you or probably actually worse than you. All right. Um, I am not Hal Hester, our lead pastor, senior pastor, campus pastor, head pastor, head shepherd. He and his wife and family are on vacation my name is Jason Kaler, and uh, I would like to, before we get into the message, um, I would like to pray for Hal and Dawn and them being away. So would you join me, please, in that? Heavenly Father, we are um, very grateful for our, our head pastor, our lead pastor. Thank you for allowing Hal to be here in this area and be our shepherd Father, we speak over he and his wife and family as they are gone for these next couple of weeks, just getting some relaxing time and some rest time. Father, I pray that you would be with them, um, that you would minister that rest and healing to them as they are gone, that he would come back restored and ready to go. I pray for Don as well, as his wife and um, co-worker here at the church and in this area. I speak blessings over her as well. In your name I pray, amen. Um, I have been gone for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was up north doing family graduations and parties and all that, and picking up my daughter and her son-in-law who are here this morning and have moved, what did I say? Daughter and son-in-law. I got that right. Maddie and James. My daughter has signed a contract with Hernando County Schools and has come home and is moving in with us, has moved in with us. I'm very excited about that. My wife is here as well. Um, And so I've been working and traveling and all that to get back in time to preach this Sunday. I'm excited about that. Um, I said to her, I said, Maddie, you've been gone for eight years. You left eight years to go to college. I said, you have a BA. You have two MAs, you have a job, you have a dog. And she said, and a husband. I'm like, yes, and a husband, right? You're right. Um, I, I, love, um, I love getting up in front of people and speaking. It is one of the things that I have always enjoyed doing. I, I don't... I feel at home in front of people. I don't get nervous. I don't get scared in that regard. I I don't, you know, there are some people that public speaking is the number one fear and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I want you to hear me this morning, in all honesty, say to you that I have been um, overwhelmed this week as I have put the final touches on this message. And we're just picking up where Hal left off in John chapter 8. though I am doing what I enjoy doing, studying the word and and getting in front of people, um, there are no miracles in what we're gonna read today. There are no flashy walk on waters, feed thousands of people, raise the dead. There's none of that in the verses that we're gonna read today. The verses that we're gonna read today are simply Jesus speaking. That's it, he's gonna speak And when we get to verse number 30, verse number 30 says, And when he was done, many of them believed. That is overwhelming to me. That it was the word of God that changed people's lives. There was no big show, there was no big flashy flash, there was no, whatever. he just spoke, and people were moved, and they believed in him. And so I say all of that to say that I, it is not lost on me that I'm going to take the next 30, 35 minutes, or 40 minutes, or whatever, to speak God's word to you. Yes, I've compiled the notes, and you have those, and whatever, whatever, but the bottom line is, is no matter how fancy I get, or don't, or whatever, or stumble over myself, or speak with incredible eloquence, and and the notes make sense to you, the bottom line is, is that this is the word of God. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and when he spoke them, people's hearts were moved, and they believed in him. That is not lost on me, that I am to speak for the creator of the universe this morning and speak the words of his son so i'm a bit overwhelmed not because of you not because i'm standing in front of you people and i have to do it, it is because it is because i got mad at the cutting machine this morning <laughs> seriously i i'm i'm back there and i'm like and everything like and they and i'm like oh you've got to be and god's like hey p- listen You're going to go talk for me in about 20 minutes. So if you would not yell at the cutting machine, that would be fantastic. (laughs) So I pray for you, that your hearts would be soft, that your hearts would be prepared, that the clutter of your minds would be released so that you hear his word. And I pray for me, that I would stop yelling at the cutting machine. And that I would allow him to take this broken vessel and speak the words of his son and that your hearts whatever you need from him wherever you're at whatever you're walking through that it would move you again not because of me because of the words would you bow with me please heavenly father we are about to embark on verses 12 through 30 of John chapter 8. It is your word, it is life, it is healing, it is power. It is the teaching of your Son. It is not lost on us that in verse number 30, when Jesus finished speaking, many believed in him. It's not lost on us. This is not about how how the screens look or how the notes are or how well this is articulated. All of those are great and we should work hard to do well at those things. But the bottom line is is that we need to get out of our own way. We need to get out of our own way. And let you move in our hearts, drawing us into a deeper relationship with you, a deeper understanding of who you are. Uh, we, We would be empowered to know and believe and trust that you love us. How wide, how deep, how amazing, how incredible your love is for us, your passion, it delights you to be in relationship with us. That that would just stagger us and bring us into a deeper relationship with you. I pray that that's what takes place. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Um, Your notes, there's a theme right at the top there. Uh, Jesus is the light that leads to life. We're going to get down to the end of 12 through 30, and 27, 28, 29, and 30, there's a disconnect between what Jesus has been saying leading up to verse 27. There is a disconnect in verse 27. They don't realize, they don't understand what he's talking about. They're not not getting it, and yet there is a connection by the time we get to 30, and, and that is because some are getting that he is the light that leads to life. The key verse for today is going to be verse number 12. And the idea then that what we're chasing in this is what does it look like then to embrace Jesus? Who he sa- He's going to say it again and again and again. I am. I know who I am. You don't know who I am. In order that we may experience life-giving light. We, we know many of our movies... Our songs, our, our daily lives is, is this light versus dark, light versus dark. We're, we're in this eternal life. We're in this, in this series based on Mandalorian and Star Wars. The whole idea of Star Wars is light versus dark. We find ourselves in dark places. We find ourselves in dark moods. Countries find themselves in dark periods of time. We say of people, he is a beacon of light for me in this dark world. You are the light of my life. We see the light at the end of a tunnel. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can drive out darkness. We say this. We talk this. We speak this all the time. Metaphorically. Do we know what it looks like practically in our lives? No matter what we're going through. No matter where we find ourselves our relationships that we're involved in, our situations, whether they be at our homes, in our neighborhoods, at our workplaces, at the restaurant, at the supermarket, driving down the road. What does it look like to embrace Jesus, the light, in order that we would have life? I'm going to be reading this morning out of the New Living Translation. It will be up on the screens. You can go ahead and open your Bibles. Uh, or your phones, if you, would, uh, if, if you haven't already, John chapter 8, we're going to be picking up in verse number 12 and reading to verse number 30. We're going to end the message today with life coming up and uh, doing a song that I've asked him to do. We're going to, that's how we're going to end today in that. We'll then open the altars, but let's, let's dive into the Word of God. The word that changes our lives, heals us, brings us out of the darkness as a whole and brings us out of darkness that we may be in at any particular moment. John chapter 8, verse number 12. And Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am. I am. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And the Pharisees replied, You're making these claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus said to them, These claims are valid even though I make them about myself for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards. Whew, that's, that's a big statement, isn't it? You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect, because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Who is your Father? They asked him. And Jesus answered and said, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. Wow, let that statement sink in for a moment, huh? Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. But he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Later, Jesus said to them again, I am going away. You will search for me, but you will die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going. The people began to ask amongst themselves, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean, you cannot come where I am going? So Jesus continued, You are from below. I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you then? They demanded And Jesus replied, The one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still did not understand. So this is the disconnect, verse 27. But they still did not understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am He. I do nothing on my own, but only what the Lord, the Father has taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases Him. And then verse number 30, And then many who heard Him say these things believed in Him. May he bless the reading of his word. So here is my, here's my path. Here's what I'm going to try to accomplish over the next few minutes here. Um, I, I want to I go down through these verses, briefly kind of picking something out from each verse, and then get to the points in the notes L-I-F-E, get to those points and, and then have life come and sing and we join him. Verse number 12 verse number 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is the light of the world. I am. This is a name of God. I am. And Moses said, well, who do I say that you are when I go back into Egypt and try to rescue the people and all of this kind of stuff? And God says, you say to them, I am. This is not lost on the people of this time. They understand what he's, what he's attempting to say, what he's trying to say, what, 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 what he believes he's saying about himself. That is not lost. This is why they are going to crucify him. Because he's claiming to be God. I and the Father are one. What does it look like then to follow him? I am. I am, I am the light. I am the bread of life. I am these things. What does it look like then to embrace him? for who he is, his relationship to the Father. If you walk with me, he says, then you will thrive. This, this light that I give off will bring life. You will not be driven. You will not be, uh, have, to, have to go into the darkness. Uh, you, will, you will not know the darkness per se. You won't have to walk in this if you will do this, if you will follow me, if you will embrace who I am, if you will embrace my teachings. This is life-giving light. You won't be driven or pushed by the darkness. What is the reality? What is the reality of this? I I don't know about you. I've been saved since I was seven. I'm 53. And there are still plenty of dark moments i literally was getting frustrated with the cutting machine in the back office this morning and i know that sounds silly but why did i lose my patience why did i get frustrated why do i continue why do i continue to to allow these particular things, not the cutting machine specifically, but why do I allow these particular things to, to frustrate me or to, to bring fear into my life or, or I respond in this particular way? What When it says right here, he says, if you, will, if you know me, if you know who I am, I am this, then you will not be driven by the darkness. You will not be pushed by the darkness. He says, you don't have to walk in the darkness. And this is where I'm going. This is where we get to the L-I-F-E. We walk this through. Here are the steps that we take. It's, listen, this is not a mind over matter where we're just going to muscle our way through. This is a supernatural happening within us at the core of our being. That when we cooperate, when we believe, when we trust, that these things become diminished. I remember years and years ago, Dealing with, dealing with, in my life, dealing with, with anger and, 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 a, and a passage of scripture just was read for me and, and was birthed into me. This is wrong. You shouldn't be angry like this. You shouldn't be responding angrily like this. And, and there wasn't an immediate release, though that happens for some people. It was a gradual release as I continued to cooperate, drawn in by the truth of this. What are you dealing with? What fear do you have in your life? What, what overwhelmedness, what stress, what, what relationship do you have that, that brings you angst? Who else is yelling and, and frustrated with the cutting machine? You won't be driven or pushed by the darkness. The reality, obviously, is that we still live on this planet. We're not in heaven yet, where there will be no darkness. The reality is is that we are here. And I'm going to say this, It may not come out exactly right and you'll just have to run with it. I think that that this idea of, of eternal life and everlasting life, it begins in the here and now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth. And so as much heaven as we are willing to walk in can be happening right now, just as equally as much hell as we are willing to walk in happens right now. Now, don't don't. I know some people. I've said this to some people, and I'm like, "Well, that's that's ridiculous." I, I don't know. I. Jesus is speaking this. I am this light. You don't have to walk in the darkness. And you look around and you go, "Jesus, look around. Are you kidding me? There's darkness all over the place." This is a deep spiritual sense. We are spiritual beings. And so, yes, you you walk out of a message like this, and and, and we read through these things, and you you go out to lunch this afternoon, and you go to work tomorrow or wherever you go, and, and there's that same person that drives you, and they're still there. but Jesus, you are the firm foundation. You are the light. So this can't just be a mind over matter thing. It can't be. It has to be deeper than that. I can't just will myself to make this happen. It is is an exchange that's taking place. I am willing to say, I believe it. Verse 27 they still didn't understand verse number 30, but they heard him speak, and many of them believed. There's a salvation that's taking place in these verses. There's a healing that's taking place in these verses. Verse number 13, though, the Pharisees are offended. They're offended. Yeah, You can't make these claims about yourself. This is ridiculous. I don't think Jesus, I don't think it at all, I don't think that Jesus speaks to be offensive. I've been a Christian since I was seven. I was raised in the church, and unfortunately I think that there are many believers who if they offend somebody with the gospel and they offend somebody with what they say about God, they're like, well, yes, that's, that's what I'm here to do. Show these bad people what God's all about. I don't think Jesus does that. He didn't didn't make that statement to offend these people, but they're offended because they don't get him. They don't understand. There's a disconnect. Hal already preached this in John chapter 6, but John chapter 6 talks about Jesus' own disciples, some, not the 12, but some of his own disciples who just couldn't take what he was saying and, and ended up leaving him. Those are his own disciples. Forget the Pharisees. So we go on to 14 and, and 15, and Jesus says, you know, these claims are valid because I know who I am. I know where I have come from. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is not just about one religion in the midst of all the religions. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself, come to us and speaking to us. Well, I'm going to choose to kind of go off on this route, and I'm going to choose, you know, and we'll all kind of get there in the end. You know, we're all coming up the same mountain. No, that, that, no, this is it. This is the truth. Jesus says to them, I know who I am, I know where I am going, but you, you, you are judging me by earthly standards, you are judging me by human standards. This is a spiritual thing. This isn't just one road, to many of many roads to get to the end. I am who I am. He says He's not alone in verse number 16. The Father who sent Him. I am one witness, verses 17 and 18. My Father is the other witness. And they respond again in verse number 19. Where is your Father? Who is your Father? They're they're indignant. We'll get into that statement in verse number 19. You don't know who I am, therefore you do not know who my father is. You cannot disassociate Jesus the Son from God the Father. Well, I really believe in God. I don't really buy into this Jesus guy. Then you don't believe in God. I, I know, I know, I know there'd be plenty of people out there, oh, you're so narrow minded. Yeah, sorry. I I I I don't I don't I don't say I'm narrow minded. I'm just reading what I'm reading, and that's what it's saying. I either believe it or I don't believe it. You cannot disassociate them. Well, I really like the Jesus guy, but the God, the whole God thing, you know, I take those, you know, Gandhi and Jesus, and you know, they're just really good. Well, no, Jesus is not good. He's not. If this is not the truth, because what he's claiming is he's claiming not to just be a good teacher. He is claiming that he is God. I am and so therefore this is a supernatural working inside of you this is not just mind over matter this is a this is a trusting in who i am allowing 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 the presence allowing the presence of the father the holy spirit to to empower me to trust that this is true again and again and again so that i'm not driven by this darkness Verse number 20, of course, his time has not come. He's not arrested because his time has not come. Then we move down into 21. It says later, Jesus said this. I don't know when later is specifically. You're going to search for me. Man, this is where, this is where it gets there. Do you hear that? You're going to search for me. Every human is searching. All of us are searching. We're, and, and even those who have, who have accepted Christ and believe in him, we're still in the midst of this searching for the reality of light. I Listen, I deal with this person. I'm just making this up. I deal with this person, and man, my, my heart goes out to them, and boy, they push my buttons, but I just have a bunch of sympathy for them. And I, you know, I what they could, forgive them. And then this person right over here, man, they do one thing wrong, and I'm like, oh, I can't stand that person. So I'm searching. I'm searching in the moment. Jesus, help me to know who you are. Help me to know this light like I do with this person, just like I do with this person. Each situation, each each thing that I'm walking through, I can walk through it in the light or I can walk through it in the darkness. Unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, You will die in your sin. I say only what I hear from the one who sent me. But they did not understand, verse 27, they still do not understand that he's talking about his father. And so verse 28, he just gets pointed with them. When you lift up the Son of Man... Jesus in his humanity, fully God and fully man. Then you're going to realize, you're going to hang me as a man. You're going to hang me as a human because you are of this earth. You only think in human ways. You judge by human standards. But when you raise me up on that cross, then you will know that I am. Then you will know that I'm not just the son of man, but I am also the son of God. The reality, please, please see this, the reality of that coming together is magnanimous. That's the spiritual, the supernatural. It also, in this idea of being lifted up, it's kind of a two-fold process, because in that, in that moment where, where we recognize the cost of the cross humbly laying himself down unto death that's then when we begin to exalt him and and honor him where then we are saying "Then i lay my life down then i'm going to be willing to give up myself because i'm tired of walking in the darkness oh i'm saved I I believe in Jesus, I'm going to heaven, there's no, but man, there are still some areas in my life where I am driven, I am pushed by this darkness, I want to be done with those things, and so I'm going to to lift him up, I'm going to exalt, because I do believe that he is the Son of God, that, that he and the Father are one. At the core, then, of our being, it is revealed to us the the true identity of Him. This affects the way that we live. It affects our worship, our obedience to Him and to His truths, following Him. The Father is always with me, verse 29. He never abandons me. I am always doing what pleases Him, what delights Him, what beautifies Him. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, can you imagine being so free in the concept of these verses, verses 12 through 30, being so free that we can say, verse 29, I only do what pleases Father God. I'm getting frustrated with a stupid paper cutter this morning as I'm getting ready to preach for the Almighty God. Thank goodness no one was back there. Do you hear, do 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 you see my point? And I know I'm live streaming, so I can't jump off the stage right now and come out there and like grab you by the face and say, do you see what I'm talking about? Do you see, do you can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, can you imagine you and I verbalizing verse 29? I only do what pleases my father, what delights him, what beautifies him, what glorifies him. Wow, wow. And I'm not talking even about like how you deal with your husband or your wife or your child or that person. Co-worker or that neighbor, I, I, I. I, I Natalie, do I have permission to talk about our neighbor? Please, fix your fence. Please fix your fences. Anybody? Can I? Can I get? I know. I, thank God, you're not all an amen congregation because that really disrupts my flow. But can I get a little of an amen on the neighbor? Amen. Please fix your fence because your dumb dog keeps coming into my yard. And I know I'm going to say this, and many are going to be like, oh my gosh, Jason, you were doing so well until this moment. I'm just trying to be real. I'm going to shoot your dog. Oh, somebody over here just went, oh my gosh, exactly. And you're like, Jason, you don't know Jesus, do you? I think I do. I don't think shooting my neighbor's dog is going to please the father. But then again, it might. I don't know. That's terrible. I shouldn't have said that. Strike that from the live stream. (laughs) Seriously! Seriously, this is what I'm talking about. My neighbor across the street, he and I have a great relationship. I love him to death. He and I and our families have been friends for years. His, His we have a sign wall in one of our, in one of our rooms, or one of our children's rooms, where every kid that ever came over while our kids were in middle school and high school signed the wall. And, and the, the kids from across the street, their names are there. But this neighbor right here that won't fix it, I've even gone to my neighbor and have said, hey, listen, you buy the stuff and I'll help you fix the fence because I'm going to shoot your dog. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's, and listen, I'm making light of this. please. Please hear me. I know I'm making light of this. But I want to. I want to reach a point. I want to reach a point where I am am so grasping this internally at the core of who I am, at at the depths of my being, at the supernatural level, that I can say, verse 29... For I always do what pleases Him. Because I promise you, I don't. But I think the reality of these verses are is that it can be. It can be had. Even here on this dark planet in this dark time we don't have to be pushed by the darkness or drawn into the darkness or all of the, we can we can walk in the light and this light leads to life doesn't mean that things aren't going to hurt doesn't mean that your heart is not going to hurt and 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 your head's not going to hurt at times you know as you try to process it. i'm not saying that at all but there you don't think Jesus hurt in his humanity? What if he, he doesn't say when you lift the son of man up, or I'm sorry, the son of God up on the cross? Who does he say? When you lift the son of man up on that cross, he was, he was saying, I get it, I'm here with you. These people that are challenging him, these Pharisees, brood of vipers, whitewashed tombstones. The disciples take Jesus aside every once in a while and say, hey, do you know who you're talking to? I mean, you probably shouldn't talk to those guys like this. You're being disrespectful. Then many who heard him say these things believed. If you don't believe. Are you listening to me? If you don't believe. Then you will die in your sin. I'm not going to take, take it for granted that everyone here in this room at this moment is a believer. I'm not gonna so if you are not a believer, if you are struggling with this or you've never really taken that step across the way to say, Jesus, I do believe in you. There's a lot of mess you need to help me with, but I do believe in you. Then, I, then you have stepped from darkness into light. You have stepped out of death into life. You have done that. But I'm not going to think that everybody has. Please, if you are not a believer, then you are going to die in your sin. But when you do believe... Verse number 30. There's still plenty of darkness to be (laughs) working out. Like getting frustrated with the paper cutter, which is silly and ridiculous, or wanting to shoot your neighbor's dog. You're probably thinking, good night, Jason. We haven't even got to our notes. Well, that means we're going to have to go really fast. Number one. L. So how do we do this? You know, and here, and so here's the deal. Here, here's how I come to this. And how far can I go? Can I go? Because I really want to be down there with you guys, really bad. Um, here, so here's what I did. So for like three weeks, a month, whatever it was, when Hal contacted me and said, would you do this passage, verses 12 through 30? I've been thinking, 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 meditating, praying, thinking, meditating, while taking tons of notes and blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and I said, okay, so, so what do we do now? What is practical? We, 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 we do this and we say, okay, we, we're getting this. We kind of get, okay, then how do we make this practical? Well, why don't I just take what the series is this, this idea of life, and let's just do L-I-F-E. I know it's corny, but here we go. I believe that when you will say to the Father, to the Son, to the, to the Spirit of God, I do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and so I am, I am wanting to, I'm growing in this capacity to cooperate with Him and yield these things to Him, I'm being transformed into the image of Jesus, then, then we can take these types of things, and we can make it happen. Not we make it happen, understand me. It's God in us that is making it happen. And the first one is, is a recognition that we don't have Jesus, the Word, standing right here in front. of them. That's who this is talking. The Word of God is talking to them and they still didn't believe. But what we have is L. We have, and your, here's your two blanks, love letter, here's what we have today. This, the love letter. The love letter. If you are not in the Word of God on a regular basis, and I don't know what that means for you, daily, every other day, five verses a day, one verse a day, a chapter a day, meditating, thinking about it. If you're not, you need to be. Please get into the Word. This is life. This is the love of God spoken to us that changes our lives. If you want to, very quickly, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 3. You don't need to. You can just listen to me for a moment. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16-16. Through 19, Paul is praying to the church of Ephesus. I would encourage you later on today, tomorrow, to look this up yourself. It's a prayer that he's praying. I pray that from his... Father God's glorious unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. You know what that is? Supernatural power, supernatural power, supernatural power. This is not mind over matter. This is not pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. I'm just going to work really hard and make this through. It will never work that way. You might do it for a little bit, but you will not succeed overarchingly. It is the supernatural power of God in your life that makes these things happen. And so we pray, then empower me, God. Then Christ, verse number 17, then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him because you are believing in him. You're trusting in him. So he is is at home in your heart. Your roots will grow down into God's love and that will keep you strong. Verse number 18. And may you have the power to understand. May you be empowered. Again, that's a supernatural thing. May you be empowered to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. Then you may experience. So how are we embracing jesus believing in him and therefore experiencing the light that moves us out of the darkness then you will experience the love of christ though it is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from god then you will be full of life and power from god I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you will not have to walk in darkness. You will not have to be pushed around by the darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Letter I. All right, so we have the love letter, we're getting into it. We're meditating on it. We're praying it. That's what Ephesians, the passage, this is a prayer, so we pray it over ourselves. The Ephesians chapter 3, we're listening to the Spirit move in our lives. And so what this then does, letter I, it invalidates the I, meaning me. It invalidates me. This is not about me. Matthew chapter 16 and... And Luke verse number chapter nine are the same passage. They're the same story. Matthew chapter 16, uh, it, it, is, it is where Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to be killed, he's going to be crucified, and Peter takes him off to the side and says, "No, Lord, this is never going to happen to you. This is will not happen." And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, He doesn't say, get away from me, Peter. He doesn't say, you're a mess up, Peter. He doesn't say, Peter, you don't get this. He literally says, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap because you see things from a human point of view. Didn't we just read that in John chapter 8? You are judging me by a human perspective, by an earthly perspective? Then he turned to the rest of the disciples. He said, if you really, truly want to be my follower. If you truly want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, then you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And so are you willing, out of this empowering to understand how much God loves you, how much he cares about you, uh, how how good he is to you, how blessed we are, number, letter L, that then we move in this and we begin to invalidate ourselves. I, I am willing to be crucified with Christ. So the questions we ask are, do I really want to follow Jesus? Because this isn't about me anymore. This is not about getting my own way. This is not about being in control. And Lord knows, I love to be in control. Are we willing to ask, am I selfish in general? Am I generally selfish as a whole? Or is there anything specific in my life that I am selfish about? Because I need to remove that. This is not about me. This is about the Father and pleasing him. We move then on to F. The two words there for F as we as we do the love letter, as we get into the Word of God, the truth, the light, this life-giving power of God, and we're and we're 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 crucifying ourselves and, and getting rid of me, me, me. We move then into letter F forever faithful. Forever faithful, John 8 and 29, which is what we're reading. For I always do what pleases Him. Does that sound unrealistic? Can, can I just be honest with you? It sounds unrealistic to me. I know I'm standing in the pulpit and I'm not supposed to say stuff like that. But if I was sitting out there in the chair and listening to that, I would say, well, that's just that's unrealistic. I can't please him on everything. But I think that we can. The more we are willing to understand, grab a hold of the faithfulness of God and allow him to fill us with his faithfulness. Where we are willing to evaluate. What In this moment, in this circumstance, God, what would please you? There may be times where you're willing to say that and you go, oh, well, and God says to you, here's what I need. And you're like, oh, well, I can do that. Sure. But there are other times where God says, hey, this is what's going to please me. And we're like, I can't do that. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? You want me to forgive that person? You want me to give up that grudge? You want me to love that person? You want me to be kind to them? Yeah, no, that's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. Because in that moment, I'm still walking in darkness. I've not allowed his life, his light, to become so ingrained in my psyche that I am willing to say at every moment, what pleases you, what beautifies you in this moment, Father, then that's what I'll do. I'm not going to be pushed around by the darkness. I am not going to yield into the darkness, the fear, the lies. I'm going to trust that this is the truth, that Jesus, you are the light. That I'm being changed into the image of you. I'm being transformed into the image of you. So, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six without faith, we cannot please God. And then Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And again, I would encourage you to go this evening or tomorrow or Tuesday and, and look these up again and just meditate on them and think over them. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. I pray, this is Paul praying again a prayer that he prayed so we can pray this prayer over ourselves. I pray, he's praying it for the church at Philippi, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. You mean i got to love people more and more? Oh, man, that stinks. Even that person, I gotta love more and more. I'm not pointing at any of you on the front row in particular. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Here's in, in verse number ten. I don't know how it reads in your translation, but man, verse number ten. This is where I'm like, this gets me excited. Think there are things that really matter. Yes. There are things that really matter that please him because then I want you to be able to understand, I want you to be able to discern what really matters, what pleases God, what leads to contentment in Jesus so that you may live pure and blameless lives. That's here and now. In a dark and dying world, pure and blameless lives until the day that Christ returns. What really matters? Far be it from me. Far be it from me at all to, to try to say to any one of you, hey, this is what really matters for you in this particular situation. Jason, you have no idea what I'm going through with my husband. You have no idea what I'm going through with my wife, with my child, with my, with my mother-in-law. I, I don't. But I know that God does. And He can bring light into that situation and transform you into doing what pleases Him as you believe in Christ. Life, you can go ahead and come wherever you are. The E. So out of this Love this love letter and reading it and absorbing it and meditating on it and continually pushing myself away. This is not about my own selfish ambition. This is not my about my own need to control. I get. I deserve. I want none of that. I gotta. Get, I gotta. I gotta move out of that. I've got to become forever faithful to you. What pleases you, Father, so that then I am forever. Here it is. The E. Ever evaluating the situations that I find myself in. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Do not be selfish. Do not try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Do not look out for your own interests only, but take interest in others as well. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. So how do we get practical then? Right there at the end, right there in the your notes. How do we get practical? Are you willing and being moved by the Spirit of God, coming in line, believing in Jesus? Are you willing to say, How can I am evaluating this situation, God? How can I help? How can I bring peace? How can I serve? How can I be respectful? How can I encourage someone today? How can I de-escalate a situation versus escalating the situation? How can I not get or be offended? How can I do life, L-I-F-E, with humility? How can I forgive? How can I unify instead of stirring the pot and bringing dissension? How can I yield in this circumstance, God, in order to please you? How can I yield instead of being in control? I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you did, there's two things you could do for me. First, subscribe to our channel. That way, the most recent podcast will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted you, would you help us to continue to reach others by clicking on the link in the description to give now. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to The Empowered Word.